Welcome to our second ever live stream only service of the Porch Community Church. Last week I said I hoped it would be our only live stream service ever. Uh, sadly, I was mistaken. But we're here, and so you're here, and we're glad that you're with us and you're tuning in. And, and I don't know if you can see this, but I want you to, all these smiling faces, see if I can do this here. Um, behind me, look at that. So you could see a, a shot there. I'm going to get a selfie. Oh, i got to be in it. Hang on, how do I do this? Okay, there I am. Hey. So there, I'm worshiping with all you guys right now. Super excited for that. I'm going to send that to Josh. Um, if you are tuning in on Facebook, we would love to know that you're there. Say hello. Um, give us a wave. Tell us who you're watching with. Tell us where you're watching from. Um, but we're just really glad that you're, you're here with us today, especially if this is your first time tuning in to the Porch Community Church a very special welcome to you. My name is Shannon Patterson, and I get to be the lead pastor here, and it is a great privilege to be in ministry with uh, the people that you see on this stage and a lot of people you don't ever see their faces. Um, but wow, it's an interesting time that we are in right now. Um, I want to ask you a question as we uh, start. Well, first I want to tell you where we're going to be. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 4, so if you want to go ahead and turn there, you can... And I want to start with this question this morning, and it's kind of a legit question. I mean, I guess they all are legit. Um, I'm going to send this picture to Josh before I forget so he can have it up there later. <clears throat> so here's the question. How are you doing? Like, really, how are you doing? For those who are with us on Facebook Live or if you're watching together with other people right now, I want you to do something. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being super freaked out and 1 being like, oh, it's just another day, how are you doing? How are you doing on this scale? Let us know. Let us know that on, on Facebook. Let us know in your sitting in your living rooms with, with your folks, how are you doing on this scale? Um, I, I'm, I, I want to, I think I was, I kind of went back and forth. I think I was about a four when it first started going on, and I thought, this is weird, and I've seen enough movies and read enough books and all these things and thought, oh, is this, is this coming true? But I will say in the last week or so, I'm more of a one. I'm kind of down to a one, and maybe no, two, two. It's not just another day. I'm about, a, I'm about at a two. Um, it's like I'm concerned and, and I want to know from officials what to do, but I'm not overwhelmed with fear. And I know that's something we talked about last week. We've sung about this morning. Justin prayed about it. Casey's prayed about it. Like, we don't want to be overwhelmed with fear, but we want to know what's going on. So I'm interested to see uh, how you guys respond on that scale from 1 to 10. There's a phrase that I keep hearing, that I keep reading, and I know I even said it last week, and it's this. Social distancing is not about you. I don't know if you noticed during our worship set, but even, even our, our band was socially distanced. But that's kind of their normal positions. But I was looking at it going, hey, they're all kind of spread out. They're, they're keeping their, their space. But social distancing is not about you. And, and it's true, it is. It's for the majority of the population 
COVID-19 is not going to affect our bodies. It's not going to have any effect on our bodies. Now, it's having an effect on, on our lives, on our lives and, and, and what's going on in the world. But in regard to our body, COVID-19 is not going to have any, any, any sort of effect on that. But for the sake of others, we're asked to do this. And isn't that the way of Christ? Isn't that the way of Christ for us to do things for the sake of others? Even if we don't see the return, even if we don't see the result, even if we don't notice, even if we think nothing happened, isn't that the way of Christ to do things for the sake of others? And that's what they've been asking us to do in regard to social distancing. And so I want us to talk a little bit about that today. I had an experience early on in my faith journey. And, and I think I've shared this before in a message or I've talked about this experience, not so much in detail. But I learned something about social distancing. The church I was going to, the youth pastor there, asked me if I would chaperone a trip uh, with the students. And I thought, oh yeah, sure, that sounds fun. And about 60 of us, <laughs> which is a lot of students, um, we get on a bus and we drive 16 hours from Oklahoma City to Duluth, Minnesota to a wilderness area called Boundary Waters. And it's called Boundary Waters because it's between the United States and Canada. And it's there and it's this beautiful, I mean, there's lakes and rivers and it's just amazing, amazing place. Now, I've racked my brain trying to remember this and I don't know, I want to say we canoed about... 50 to 60 miles over a five or six day span. So we were getting in about 10, 11 miles every day, canoeing. And we had to, we, we camped every night. We moved along the way. We had to break camp every morning, set up camp every night. We had to pack everything in. So you packed things in. And, and if you couldn't burn it or eat it, then you had to pack it out. So, I mean, you had to really, I mean, this was a very involved experience. Um, when we would come to the end of a, a river or the end of a lake, because there's all these bodies of water up there, we would do what's called a portage. And what that means is, is you would come to dry land and you would take your canoe out and you would take out your tent and you would take out all the stuff you've packed in and you would have to carry all that stuff over dry land to the next body of water to continue on your way. And, and that's a portage. And it was really, really, really difficult it's really one of the hardest things I've ever done. Now, what made it, to me, even more difficult is that for that week of canoeing and portaging, of the 60 of us, we could never be in a group of more than 12. We had to keep almost a half-mile distance between 12 people. And... It was a protected area, see where we were. It was a protected area, it was federal land, it was a nation, national park, and, it was, and, and for the preservation of the park, for the preservation of the wildlife, and, and all these things, they said, we want our groups to stay, stay small. When I did it, it was 12 was the limit. They've actually brought it down to nine since then. So it's this protected area, and at first, when you hear this, I think... Well, that's a really dumb rule because we're going to be portaging and it's going to be hard. 
And I don't know if I mentioned, I don't think I did, I was in charge of middle school girls who, who I mean, some of them are, are really tough, but these canoes weigh 100 pounds. These bags, our backpacks, our tents, they weigh 50, 75, 80 pounds. And so I knew that this was going to be really, really difficult to portage and canoe and do all this stuff. And so I'm thinking, this is a really lame rule. I'm sure we can bend the rule. Well, you couldn't. And so I thought, well, you know, there was a lot of reasons I wanted us to stay together. I mean, it would make it easier, obviously, but it would, you'd also feel more safe. I mean, we were in the, in the middle of wildlife. And honestly, I just thought it would be more fun with more people. And as the second and third day rolled around on this experience, we realized that, yes, it was difficult, but some of the silent moments and the quiet moments were absolutely breathtaking. Watching the, the sun rise over the lake, watching the sun set in the night, looking at the natural wonder of it all, we saw bears in their natural habitat who ignored us as if we weren't there. And I promise you, if we had been at a group of 60, they would have noticed us. We saw all this going on around us and eagles and all these different things. And what I came to understand from that is that the social distancing, the restriction on how many could be together, had nothing to do with us. It had everything to do with the preservation of, of that place. And sometimes during the day, the only thing you could hear was the, the rhythmic sound of paddles going in and out of the water. Because believe it or not, middle school girls can get quiet after three and four days of hard manual labor. <laughs> and it was absolutely beautiful. We sat around a campfire at night, just our little group of 12. There were, or 12 was the rule, there were 10 of us, two adults and, and eight girls. And we talked about God and we talked about life with no distractions and there was no boys we were trying to impress. I mean, it was, just, it was just us and we had these honest discussions and we really got to know each other. And this social distancing on the boundary waters taught me a couple of things that I wanted to share with you this morning. The first is this, that we are, and I've said it before, but we are created for community. I, I think I've, I've been saying this since day one of, of the inception of our church. We are created for community. We are social beings. We, we like to be together, which is why this is such a difficult time for a lot of people. On the Boundary Waters, my small group of 10 was, it was difficult at times, but I'm telling you this, it would have been impossible had I been alone. So we are created for community. Something else I've learned about that experience on the Boundary Waters and in essence social distancing I experienced there is that we can at times falsely assume that larger community is better community. That we can just go, oh, the more, the better, the more, the more, the better. And at times it's true. I mean, if, it, 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 there's times, I mean, I love to be in this place that you're looking at this morning and it be full and to hear the voices 
I mean, and just, and to see people worshiping. I love it. it. It's a beautiful thing. But real relationships happen in this smaller setting. And that's what leads me to the third thing I've learned through social distancing when I was on Boundary Waters is that, that we grow deeper connections with smaller community. It's just the way it is. I got to know those, those eight girls and that other adult leader on that trip so much better than all the others, the, the other 50 people that were there. I've never forgotten that experience. And, and so it makes me think now that though we've been asked to socially distance ourselves, that we can take full advantage of this time. And one of the first things we can do, and we're going to look at Scripture here in just a moment, but one of the first things that we can do during this time of social distancing and, and who knows what, is, is it going to be more restrictive in the days to come or is it going to lessen? I don't know. But, but let's just assume we're going, to be, we're going to be in this for a little bit longer. One of the first things that we can do in regard to social distancing is to practice intentional gathering. I want us to practice intentional gathering. Here's what I, I mean. Like practice this with the people you live with. Practice this with the people who you are with during this time. Practice. Be intentional. You know, in the last week, I have seen more couples in my neighborhood walking their dogs or just walking together. I have seen more kids riding their bikes, which you go, well, yeah, they're out of school, but, but I mean, riding their bikes. But you know why I see them riding their bikes at night? Is because normally they're at practices and they're at lessons and they're being shuttled here, there, and everywhere. I've seen more siblings playing in the front yard together, like different age range, and they're throwing a ball, kicking a ball, hanging out together. I, I've seen uh, more parents and kids, like, who knew everyone owned a golf cart, but I guess it's a thing. So I've seen more families riding around on golf carts than I've ever seen before. I mean, that's just what I'm witnessing with my eyes, and the reason I'm witnessing that is because I'm out there too. I want to. I, I want to. I want to be outside with with Mallory. I want. We're outside. We're riding around together. How can we be intentional? I want you to. I want us to look together at Ephesians chapter four, verses three and four today. And it's Paul writing to the church in Ephesus, and he's writing to them to encourage them. They're having some some uh, some conflict. There's a rift going on. There there's some different teaching going on, and he really wants the church to be unified. And I want us to look at the words that Paul wrote for that instance, and I want us to apply these words to what we're dealing with right now. And this is what Paul writes. He says, make every effort. So right there, we see we have an opportunity. We have a responsibility. There is something for us to participate in here. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit. I don't know if, if you have picked up on it. I hope you have by the fact that you're tuning in. I think you do. But we have made a very, we've been very intentional as a staff this past week to keep united with you. Like we want to keep reaching out to you. We want to stay in touch with you. Paul writes, make every effort to keep yourselves united in 
just that you have uh, some similarities, that you have the same hobbies. No, no. Keep united in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God is what unites us. That's what I was praying during our worship. Justin mentioned it. He said there's just this beautiful thought in his mind when he thought about all the people in all the different places who are worshiping with us right now, singing together the same songs. We're united not because of the song. We're united because of the Holy Spirit of God. And Paul says, let's do that. Let's keep united. And so we can be intentional about this. And then he says, he goes on to write, binding yourselves together with peace. Boy, that's really important during this time. <laughs> Binding ourselves together with peace, not with conflict for sure, not with anxiety, not with worry, but with peace. And then he writes this in verse 4. For there is one body and one spirit, right? That's who we're united with. We're not united all over. One body, one spirit. And he says, just as you have been called to one glorious hope, for the future he says be united in the Holy Spirit of God there's only one be united in that be together in that keep yourselves united in the Spirit and I would say that of course that starts with yes those you're physically close to but we can do this in other ways as well I mean I am right in this moment united with you in spirit we are united in spirit right now. And so here's the second thing to do during this time of social distancing is that, that we can do to, to take full advantage of this time besides practicing intentional gathering is we need to do something that, that actually Justin and I have been saying for years that, that we've tried to be intentional about and that is, is we want to redeem technology. We want to redeem the technology that's given to us. We want to redeem it. If there's anything, I think, good that will come out of, of this COVID-19 and all that's gone on and the social distancing and all that is that many churches that were reluctant to embrace how they could get the word of God out through technology are now being forced to do so, and hopefully they'll continue into the future. And not only that, but you, like viewing right now, you might see the benefit of, of sharing these messages that maybe you're just used to coming to church and hearing the message and going, okay, and maybe taking some notes and then going and maybe thinking about it later in the week, but just kind of keeping it there. What I have heard and what I have witnessed is that many of you are sharing these messages. Why wouldn't we share the word of God? So we can redeem technology. We redeem it. I mean, listen, how I would have loved to have met together in person last week. But here's something really cool. Josh was able to, to, to look at all the metrics uh, last Monday and Tuesday. And over 2,000 people connected with our church and the gospel message online last week that's phenomenal let's redeem technology instead of just using it for for you know passing the time and 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 for you know gaming and and just you know boredom and scrolling and all of that let's redeem what we have can you imagine what this social distancing would be like right now if we didn't have technology 
if we didn't have the ability to connect let's let's redeem this one of the ways that we redeem technology you're with, you're part of it right now is through our virtual community People used to laugh at the idea of virtual community. It's not real. It, it, there's no depth to it. it, it's, it's, it it'll never happen. It's very real. Virtual community is very real. And so I would encourage you to, to embrace virtual community this week and in the coming weeks. To get a group of people together and say, hey, let's pray for and with each other this week. And, and there's so many avenues you can do this. There are apps you can use. You can just text each other. You can Marco Polo. You can FaceTime. You can Zoom. You can do all these things. There are so many options available to you to, to have virtual community, like real virtual community this week. I love how Allison Crenshaw didn't miss a beat with her community group of high school girls this past week. They got together online. I had, a, a, I had a mom send me a text, and the text actually was a video of her daughter sitting at her desk in her bedroom, and she had her notebook and her Bible and her, and her laptop, and she was leaning in, and, and the mom said she was walking by the bedroom door outside, and she goes, why do I hear Allison Crenshaw's voice in my daughter's bedroom? <laughs> and, and so she, she went in there and realized that they were having, they were having their community group. They were right there together having their time. They were having virtual community, and it was real. Is it better in person? Yes. But was it just as powerful by the Spirit of God that we're united with? Yes. Yes. We met in person as a staff on Monday. Then we had a, a Zoom meeting on Thursday, and we were all at our different places. We're making plans for Palm Sunday and making plans for Easter, which you'll hear about this coming week. We're really excited about it. Uh, tomorrow at 7 o'clock on, on Facebook Live, uh, our kids pastor, Kristen, is going to have a time for the kids. So parents, set your, set your alarms now, set your schedule now, and, and, and have your kids get on there so they can have time with Kristen tomorrow. We, we want to do that. We want to have virtual community. We want to be intentional about meeting together. We want to redeem technology. Here's another thought, and, and, and uh, it's something that we can do to, to be intentional and, and redeem technology. I'm trying to give you some practical things, okay? And it's what I'm calling, just because I couldn't think of anything better, one to three encouragement. One to three. And here's what I mean by that. They say this COVID-19 is so uh, rampant and, and it's going so quickly because unlike the common flu that is one-to-one -one transmission, COVID-19 is a one-to-three. For every person that has it, they can it go out to three, and you can see how that multiplies very, very quickly. Well, let's redeem that kind of math. And, and so for one to three encouragement, what I mean by this, and, and I don't know how you would do it, and some of you I know are going to be rock stars about this, and other you, others of you are going to think it's a great idea and not do it, but I'm going to offer it as an opportunity. Is what if starting tomorrow, three times a day, because you're one person, three times a day, you send an encouraging message, text, FaceTime, Marco Polo, whatever it is, to three different people, and you do that every day. 
Do you see how that multiplication goes? In a week's time, you have encouraged, you've, you've spoken scripture into, you've prayed for someone that, that, that needs it, that needs to hear it. So let's redeem even the, how the, the, the COVID-19 is going. Let's, let's do that and intentionally. Redeem our technology and let's use this for the good because we want to be united in spirit. So as we continue in this unprecedented time, I want to just read Ephesians 4 again. Paul writes, Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit. I just offered you a couple of suggestions and practical ways that you could make effort to be united in the Spirit in the coming days and weeks. And there's a reason that we need to be united. And Paul says it in verse 4. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. And folks, that's what I'm looking forward to. There is a future. There is something on the other side of this. We will be together again. We will be filling up this place again. We will be worshiping, and it will be, it will be glorious and beautiful but in the meantime, let's be united in the Holy Spirit of God. Let's redeem technology. Let's be intentional about gathering with those that, that we are around and intentional about gathering with others in the way in which we're able to virtually. As we take a moment now to thank God, and I'm going to ask the band if they'll come back up and as we close out our time together this morning, but as we take a moment to thank God for how he is providing for us, let's keep the church strong in this time of uncertainty. You heard Kristen mention that in, in the announcements earlier. Because during this time and when this passes, and just like she said, it will pass, there's going to be a lot of people who are hurting who are, who are trying to make ends meet, who are, who are struggling, who are asking why, who are needing hope, who are needing encouragement. And I want us as the church to be in a strong position to be able to minister to these folks. And so thank you for your continued faithful support of what we're doing as a church. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for how we are drawn together by you there's nothing that unites us more there's nothing that unites us more deeply there's nothing that unites us more intentionally than your Holy Spirit we have a lot of similarities in our lives there's things that we are that, that, that connect us we have the same likes about things and, and, and we like certain kinds of music and, and certain teams and, and, and certain kinds of foods and, and all these stuff that, that, that we can say oh that unites me but no no what really truly unites us is the Holy Spirit of God and as your followers as people who call on your name as people who declare Jesus to be our Lord I would just I would ask that we would be so creative and, and so unashamed in these coming days and weeks to share Christ in every avenue available to us. 
because there are people who are looking for you, God. They're looking for light. They're looking for hope. Maybe they never have before. God, would you redeem this virus in a way that people are calling out to you and depending on you and seeking out you? And as your people, as your church united, will we do our part to share the powerful, saving message of Jesus Christ. Lord, things might be crazy right now, but you know it all. And so I'm going to say, and we're going to proclaim together, that it is well. We pray all this in the mighty, holy, wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Amen.